Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Rabbi David Levine here, and this is live from home, and Sandy's here with me. Shabbat from our home to yours. We want to welcome all of our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue members and all of our podcast listeners around the world. If you're listening to this on podcast and not watching it live right now, I want to let you know that you can go to facebook.com slash Beth Israel now slash, and you can also watch this as a video. Well, this is Yom Shabbat on Saturday morning, April 11th, 2020. And this morning, Rabbi Yuri and Rebetzin Ina will welcome us into their home, and they'll lead us in Hebrew prayers and in worship. And after that, we'll join in again, and then we'll return to the Korshan home at the end for a final worship song. Right now, I want to encourage you to hit the share button on this Facebook page and post. It's a way of letting your friends know on Facebook that you're watching and inviting them to watch right now as we're just beginning. This is the Shabbat in the middle of Passover week. It's a wonderful time of the year and from Sandy and me, Shabbat Shalom and Chag Pesach Sameach, let's join the Korshans to live from home. Shabbat Shalom and welcome into our home. I'm so happy to share this time with you and I thank you for joining us today. We will start our time, our Shabbat with Shema, and we will continue with worship. And we invite you to participate with us, to join in us with the time of worship and praise the Lord. So let's start with Shema. Let's pray. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu our God, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. Amen. And let's proceed with Veshamru. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Amen.
Lord, thank you so much for your presence, Lord. Thank you for this special time, Lord. Thank you for worship, Lord. Thank you for your love to us, Lord. Thank you for these Passover days, Lord. Thank you for your presence with us. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Thank you for joining with us in this special time. And now let's welcome Rabbi David from his home. Rabbi David. Thank you so much, Rabbi Yuri Rabbitson Ina. What, what a powerful worship song that you just led, Rabbitson Ina. And I want to speak to everybody who's listening by podcast. So you'll be listening not live, but at a later time. And this is what we would call a Mishpocha edition of the podcast because we are sharing with you some of the things that would happen in our congregational meetings, in our sanctuary if we were together, but we are using different components because of Facebook Live, because we can't meet at the synagogue. And so we've decided since we're broadcasting this on Facebook Live in this way that we will make the full audio version available to all of our podcast listeners. So podcast listeners around the world, we're so glad you could join us. And I think that the worship that we experience together as a mishpacha is just some of the finest worship experience that's even possible for, for any of us. It is a joy to gather together. We have such a wonderful worship ministry led by Rabbit Sanina, and we have so many fine worship leaders and worship teams. It's great to be in a congregation. Every time we get together in our sanctuary, we expect to experience the presence of the Lord. We expect that God will be with us. We take seriously what Yeshua taught, that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of us. Every time we gather, we expect him to be with us. And we experience the nearness and the presence of the Lord. So it's really a delight for us that we can share at this time, not just the message portion of our service, but we're sharing with you more elements, the kinds of things that you might experience if we were together in the sanctuary. Now, of course, we're doing things differently than we would when we're all together. We have, uh, we have more worship songs, we have more Hebrew prayers, we have a full Torah service on Saturdays where we're reading from the Torah, the Haftarah, the Britah Hadashah in Hebrew and in English. And we have dancing with the children and with adults as well. There are many different components that, that we have during the meetings when we're in the sanctuary that we're not able to recreate during this time when we're broadcasting at Facebook Live. But we are just so happy to share with you some worship. Some people are listening to the worship segments of our Live From Home series and, and saying that they're unfamiliar with the music because a lot of the music that we do at Beth Israel is original music and original arrangements, sometimes new creations altogether, sometimes rewritings, sometimes translation from Hebrew into English or some songs that have been written originally in Russian and in Hebrew and now have been translated into English. So there's a lot of original music at Beth Israel and we're just so delighted to share with you the, the things that we normally do when we're together. Thanks so much to the Korshin family for, for their part today. And we just so appreciate the fact that we can worship together even in this way. 
I loved also this last song, which speaks about Yeshua being our shield and our defense. And as we're studying about Passover this morning, keep that in mind. If we were live together in the sanctuary, we would probably at some point ask the worship team to continue or to repeat that song at an appropriate moment because it would just bring us more deeply into the experience both in thought and emotion and the spiritual experience that um, we know God wants us to have when we're together. Well, it's our tradition that before we begin our, our Shabbat Bible study, that we say a prayer together. So before we begin studying Torah, let's pray. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. And don't forget, friends, to hit the share button on your Facebook post as we're beginning this segment and share with your Facebook friends so that they can join in at this part of our service. And also, if you click on the like button and the subscribe button, you'll get advanced information about new posts. It's sort of like having, um, I, I, I think if you hit the follow button, not subscribe, hit like and follow, it's like subscribing and it will help you be updated at all times. Also, I wanna welcome everyone who is participating by commenting and I wanna encourage you to share if you're from out of town or from another state, from another country, let us hear from you and, and tell us where you're coming from, what part of the world you're in. We have people who are watching with us and listening by podcast from over a hundred different countries when we count them up all together. And we love to hear from people wherever they are, whenever they're joining us. So welcome from around the world. Welcome to all our podcast listeners who count Beth Israel as, as their home base too. And we consider you part of the Mishpacha and we're glad you could be here with us. Your comments help us all stay connected. And we love to get photos as well. When you're joining in or when you're watching and we've actually gotten a few photos of uh, pets, Coco being the most famous dog watching faithfully. Hello, Coco, shout out to Coco. And some cats are watching as well. Really, it's an unusual experience, but that's who we are and that's what's happening. We're really glad that we were able to celebrate Passover Seder with you on Wednesday evening and well over 3,000 people joined us, some who were live with us during the time and some who watched at a later time. And about 27,000 people altogether have watched live from home since we began this series just a few weeks ago. So a very warm welcome to all of our Beth Israel, Mishpocha, to all of our podcast listeners and to all of our live from home viewers, and a special, special welcome to everyone who is watching for the first time right now or um, by video later. If you're watching for the first time, we're just so glad you could join with us. It, it really does encourage us. We consider it a privilege from the Lord that we could be joined together with you and connect with you in this way. If you want to connect to our face page, I wanna give you the 
the way of finding it, it's facebook.com slash bethisraelnow slash. That will bring you right to the Facebook page. And that's where we're making the portal for Beth Israel. It brings together a lot of our posts and a lot of our different resources. We have BethIsraelNow.com, our website. We have MessianicJewishTeachingsNow.com, a website dedicated to our podcast and additional teachings and some personal interests that Sandy and I have. And we also have different pages on Facebook, including this one, Messianic Jewish Teachings Now is another page that we have. And then my personal page at DL Shalom or David Levine. You can find me there. And each page has its own distinctive flavor. We do have overlap. We cross post. And sometimes that may be confusing because you'll see something on one page and you'll see it again on another. And it's just to help us share in a variety of ways with different people. By the way, our podcast, Messianic Jewish Teachings Now um, with Rabbi David Levine, just passed the 12 million mark for feeds and downloads. It's a great milestone. And a shout out to the Fellers. Philip Feller got us started when he was the first person we knew who got an, an Apple iPod and showed us what a podcast could be. And in order to make our Shabbat services available to him, we put the, the sermon, the message portion, on iTunes, and it quickly became one of the leading podcasts uh, in the whole Jewish sector, not just Messianic Jewish, but in the Judaism sector, uh, in, in the iTunes and podcast program. So thanks so much to Phil Feller for getting us started in this and to the whole team that helped us. Thank you to everyone who's joining with us. We're praising God for how he's turning challenges into opportunity and it helps us stay focused on a word that's dear to us and especially poignant right now, Kadima. That's a Hebrew word worth knowing. Kadima means forward, it even means charge, and that's the direction that we're trying to go in at all times, forward with the Lord. I wanna give a special thank you also to Brian Rose, who is our producer and director and has been our, our guru for Facebook Live. We couldn't be doing this without him. And thank you also to my wife, Sandy, who's one of the executive producers. Well, this week, we are celebrating Passover and Shabbat, and all over the world, people are remembering that the Messiah has come. And many of us know that the Messiah was promised to the Jewish people. So it's the Jewish Messiah who has come, not some other Messiah, but the Jewish Messiah, the one who was promised to the children of Israel and promised through the prophets of Israel and through all the great leaders of Israel. He is also the one who became the Passover lamb who takes away the sins of the world. We know who he is, Yeshua HaMashiach. Yeshua is Adonai and Mashiach. And we wanna keep this in mind as we're studying together. So we're gonna start with a passage from the readings that are associated with the Passover week in Exodus 12. We looked at this last night and we wanna look at it one more time and we're gonna cover some new material today as well. So Exodus 12, verse 21, and I'm using the Complete Jewish Bible, which is a translation by Dr. David Stern, a good friend of ours, who did a monumental work translating the New Testament into English called the Jewish New Testament, and then a complete 
Torah Haftor Britacharasha, I said Haftorah, Tanakh, the complete Jewish Bible and the writings of the apostles all together. And it's under the translation named the complete Jewish Bible. Let me read from Exodus 12, 21. If you have Bibles with you, and you should, you're at home where your Bibles always are. It starts this way. Moshe called for all the leaders of Israel and said, select and take lambs for your families and slaughter the Pesach lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop leaves and dip it in the blood, which is in the basin, and smear it on the two sides and the top of the doorframe. And then none of you is to go out the door of his home until morning. For Adonai will pass through to kill the Egyptians, but when he sees the blood on the top and on the two sides, Adonai will pass over the door and will not allow the slaughterer to enter your houses and to kill you. He will not allow the slaughterer to pass over you, but to enter your houses and kill you, because the Lord will pass over the door. Now, I want you to have some understanding about this very important concept of the Lord passing over and the Lord not allowing the slaughterer or the angel of death or the destroyer to enter your houses and kill you. This is a picture of the Lord's active presence coming to the houses, looking for the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of those houses, and then positioning himself as a shield, as a protector, as an intercessor, so that the slaughterer, the one who is coming to destroy the firstborn throughout the land, this one will not be allowed in. So the idea of Passover is a very important one. The Lord was not skipping the houses of the children of Israel. He wasn't ignoring them. He was coming to them. The blood of the lamb on the doorposts of those houses was the sign to the Lord that he needed to quickly arrive right ahead of the slaughterer. He needed to arrive and position himself and forbid the angel of death from coming in and taking the firstborn of the children of Israel. The Lord bounded through all of Egypt, and in Goshen, he was looking for the houses which had expressed, that where the families had expressed their faithfulness by obeying the instructions that had been given about staying inside and marking the doorframe and putting the blood on the side jams and the lintel with the Passover lamb's blood. They followed the instructions that were given for, for their safety. Now, the idea of Passover means to bounce and bound through a field the way sheep and lambs do. In fact, on our Beth Israel Facebook page, I posted this morning a little video of a bouncing lamb. Now, lamb can run. They can be really cute, even just standing still. But when energetic sheep, are bounding, they're jumping in the air, bouncing really through the air. I wanted to show you a video of that, and you can see that after uh, this event, you'll be able to see that on Facebook. So the Lord was searching for people of faith. He was looking for the indications of their faith, which were being expressed by their actions of obedience. This is very different. This idea about Passover is very different from the popular idea that the Lord skipped. He didn't come to the houses of Israel. He ignored them. Actually, he came to them personally, 
to be a shield, to be a protector. And that's what this passage in Exodus is talking about. The Lord came to those houses where he saw the blood of the lamb and he forbid, he stopped, he would not allow the angel of death, the destroyer, the slaughterer to come into those houses. He came to those houses personally to stand between the death angel and the people of faith. When the slaughterer came to your house, what did he see? He didn't see you. He saw the Lord. Because the Lord was standing between you and the slaughter, and the Lord was defending you. Now, I'm saying it this way in order to provoke some thought for you. I, I know some of you are thinking right now, well, the Lord defended them, and that's true. But it's not all. The Lord defended them and you. Because every one of us is to consider it as if we were the ones who were being protected. We were the ones who, who were being set free. When we say Yeshua is the Passover lamb, we're saying he is our Passover lamb. That somehow he was there present. He, the Lord, Yeshua Adonai, was there standing as a shield between the families inside those houses where there was blood on the doorposts and the slaughterer who had come. It's as if you were there being rescued and redeemed by the Lord. Let's look at Deuteronomy 16, verse 3, which describes some of the details about Passover and how we celebrate it and how we are to keep it. It says, you shall eat no leavened bread. Seven days you shall eat with matzah, the bread of affliction. For you came out of the land of Egypt in haste, so that all the days of your life you may remember. And I want to underline this word, remember. You may remember the day when you came out of the land of Egypt. You see, when we're celebrating Passover, it's supposed to be as if we were the ones who were being set free. And we're supposed to imagine the thoughts and feelings that those people had and enter into those as well. When we remember, we were called. We bring to mind, but it's not a passive thing. It's not a narrow experience. We're stirring up the memory. It's not a fleeting thought that fulfills this, but rather we stir up the thoughts deeply and the feelings as well. And it's important for us to understand that this message from Deuteronomy was for all of us. It was also a message for each of us. God came to each house. He came to each family. He personally came. The Lord didn't come as some abstract force, not some force of nature. He came personally, and that's why we can say Yeshua was there. He's the Passover lamb. The presence of God is sometimes described in the scriptures as the angel of the Lord. When he comes in, in a personified way, in a way that sometimes includes a human body, this was very personal. You know, there are times when the Lord moves like the wind and he's invisible, but you see the effect, but not this time. There are times when he comes like the breath, he rises within us, but not this time. Those are ways that the Lord comes as ruach, which means spirit, but also means breath and wind. But this time he came like a sheep bouncing 
and bounding through the Lamb. I want to encourage you after we're together today, take a look at that video. It may help you with an image. Also this week as we're reading the Torah portion that is set for this intermediate Shabbat, Shabbat Pesach is the name of it. There's a passage where Moses asked the Lord, are you going to go with us? Because if you won't go with us, I can't do this. I won't go. And the Lord says, I will. My presence will go with you. There are different ways that the presence of the Lord is manifest, his Shekhinah, his Shekhinah presence, which was experienced in, inside the Holy of Holies. There was the presence of the Lord as a pillar of fire, as a, as a cloud that protected the children of Israel. But there's also the presence of the Lord as the angel of the Lord. That's, a, that's an idiom. That's a, what you could call a circumlocution. That's a great word for those of you that like vocabulary. It's a word that expresses, it sort of goes around a point in order to express something. This, the scripture wants to convey something, that God is not just a normal human being, but he can be present in the way that people can be present in this earth. And so when the scriptures were described, and especially in Torah, they were describing the presence of the Lord, not just in spirit, but a personified presence of the Lord. He's often described as the angel of the Lord. And he's described also as a man. So he looks like an angel. He looks like a man. He's the Lord. And those of us who are messianic, those of us who have had an understanding and have made a commitment about Yeshua being the Messiah, not an I, we recognize that the angel of the Lord is in fact Yeshua coming prior to his taking on a full human body and being born into this earth so that he could be a kinsman redeemer for us. Well, let's go to Luke 22, verse 19, and remember the Passover of Messiah. For, for Messianic Jews, it's useful to think about many different Passovers. The first Passover is important, the historic Passover that started everything. But it's also very useful for us to think about what Christians might call the Last Supper, but we would recognize as a Passover celebration, even a proto-Seder for Yeshua and his disciples. I say proto-Seder because the modern elements of the Seder had not yet been formalized and established fully. There was still a lot of experimentation. I mean, in fact, there still is a lot of experimentation. There was no Haggadah at that time. There were certain things that we might consider in modern times to be part of the normal Seder, such as dipping parsley or carpus into salt water, and we give explanation about the tears of slavery and so forth, or the charoset, the special fruit paste that we make in different recipes for Passover. Those were elements that didn't really exist in the same way during the time of Yeshua. They hadn't been set in motion during those times. But the cups, for instance, the cups of wine had been included. They're not part of Torah, but they had become part of the Jewish way of celebrating that emerged when the Jewish people were in the dispersion and the exile in, in Babylon. And the Jewish people came back and they continued to incorporate the cups as we do today. Luke 22 verse 19 says, at that Passover meal, Yeshua took matzah and he 
made a bracha. In fact, there would be two brachas. You make the normal blessing when you're about to eat matzah, hamotzi lechem min ha'aretz. That's the blessing that speaks about God being the one who brings forth bread from the earth. But there's also another blessing that's al achilat matzah, who commands us to eat the matzah, to eat the unleavened bread. Those would be two common blessings that would be said. And Yeshua spoke the blessings and then he broke the matzah and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is given up for you. Do this to remember me. Every time you're celebrating Passover, every time you're taking the meal of Messiah, say that HaMashiach, what Christians might call the Eucharist or communion, but we would call the Thanksgiving because that is uh, how it was known in the first generation of Messianic believers who were the disciples of Yeshua. When we partake of the matzah and the cup, we are remembering Yeshua and we're saying this is his body. We're remembering that he gave up his human body as an atoning sacrifice for us. And it was that body which died. You can't kill the spirit of God. It's impossible. God is eternal and nothing can kill him. His human body was killed. He was, he was sacrificed. He was killed through a cruel crucifixion and he died. His body died, his spirit remained alive. He descended into the depths of the spirit world to set the captives free. And then he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead with a new body. His body was resurrected. And there were some parts that were recognizable, but in general, Yeshua was not recognizable. It was like, as, as one person describes it, as if a kernel of corn had been planted, but an ear of corn came forth. Yeshua's body was resurrected, and he was transformed. His victory over the power of sin and death was demonstrated through his resurrection. And this became also a promise and a deposit for us, where you and I can be confident we too will be resurrected from the dead. So Yeshua says, do this to remember me. Do this, make it a concrete action. Whenever you're taking the matzah and the cup together as a community, as a mishpocha with the meal of Messiah, remember the covenant and remember Yeshua. Remember who he is and what he's done. He's done so much for us. It's important to remember him, to recall to bring to mind, to stir up the memory, and to stir up the thoughts and the feelings. It's also important to make it very personal. I encourage you to think about when you first had the revelation and the understanding that Yeshua was the Messiah, and when you had the, the understanding and the recognition that, that you were separated from God, but Yeshua made it possible for you to be forgiven of your sin, to be spiritually raised from the dead, to be delivered from the kingdom of darkness and from the slavery to sin and the slavery to iniquity and the powers that were ruling over you in times past and to become part of the beloved family of God. It's important at this time to take it personally, to think about it, to stir up those feelings and those thoughts, to remember, to tell one another as well, to recount some of the great things that God has done. That's something that we have been doing during this week. In fact, we got some photos from dear friends of ours, Corwin and Lisa Marsh, 
from Rochester, New York, reminding us of a Passover Seder decades ago, where we experimentally had a big Seder at the McKees' house. And in the backyard, Corwin was the leader of a outdoor roast of an entire lamb. And we're gonna post some pictures later this afternoon or tomorrow so you can see this. And Corwin remembers um, picking up that lamb at a farm butcher and, and bringing it over and he marinated it for a long time. And the only container he could find that was big enough to marinate this entire lamb was a wheelbarrow. So he converted a wheelbarrow into a marinade center. Marinated the lamb and then he hooked it up to this wonderful A-frame and cooked it over fire. Some of the pictures that we have from that time are hilarious because we all look like a bunch of homeless men standing around a fire roasting some un unknown animal. Could be a dog, who knows? Um, it wasn't, thank goodness. But it's some great memories. And as we're remembering those experiences fondly, it makes us remember the people who were with us and to remember them fondly. And it also makes us appreciate how God works in times and seasons. This is a very special time we're in right now. This Passover during the pandemic when we're all staying at home and we're engaging in protective safety and social isolation. It's an important time, it may never happen again. But this is a time to remember how God worked and how he moved in our midst. I wanna continue with the study 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Messiah? This is Paul talking to the Corinthians. They weren't Jewish, but they were learning about Passover and what had happened at Passover long ago, the original Passover. They were reading the Jewish scriptures. Those were their scriptures. That's where they were discovering who God was and what he had done and what he was doing now. That's where they learned about the promise of Messiah. That's where they developed their faith by reading the scriptures which are active and alive and able to discern and separate soul from spirit and to equip everyone in the knowledge of salvation and Messiah Yeshua. The cup that Yeshua lifted up, Paul is calling the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks. And I think that's an homage, it's a reference to the fact that the Messianic Jews of that generation, when they took the, the New Covenant meal together, the meal of Messiah together, they called it Tadot, Thanksgiving. And so he's saying, is not the cup of Thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Messiah? And is not the matzah that we break a participation in the body of Messiah. Participating actively, kinetically, is a very important thing for the Jewish people. We don't just abstract and, and make things into general concepts, but we memorialize and we remember by reenacting, by repeating things that have a physical element. We incorporate the spiritual together with the physical in order to learn now ask yourself this question, is there any blood more powerful than the blood of the Lamb? Only the blood of Yeshua, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Yeshua's blood is what we're participating in when we're drinking from that cup. 
And then a Passover instruction from 1 Corinthians 5, 8, get rid of the old leaven, the old chametz, that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Messiah, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. You see, the Corinthians were being taught about all of Jewish history, all the Jewish holidays, all the Jewish scriptures, because they were being brought into the commonwealth of Israel, though they weren't born as Jews, they were brought into the greater Jewish family. What a wonderful, wonderful act of God to include all the nations of the world as we put our faith in Messiah. And Corinthians goes on, for Messiah, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed, therefore, for that reason, let us keep the Passover feast, not with the old bread, leavened with malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and of truth. Our seders are a reenactment of sorts. It's a time to remember, and the same is true for the meal of Messiah. And I want to consider some different aspects of remembering. I was not able to cover this last night, but I, wa I want you to think about the first Passover. I want you to think about other Passovers that were celebrated later. I want you to think about Yeshua's last Passover with his disciples and our Passover, the ones that we're celebrating this year. And I want you to keep all of this in mind, the historical Passover, the Messianic Passover, the ones that were part of the past and the present. And I want you to think about something, that there is actually going to be a change in Passover. It's prophesied in Jeremiah 23, which is a very important passage and prophetic, um, prophetic statement about the Messianic movement. In verse 7, Jeremiah 23, verse 7, it says this, So then the days are coming, declares the Lord, when people will no longer say, As surely as the Lord lives, who brought the Israelites up out of Egypt, that's what we say at Passover, but they will say, As surely as the Lord lives, who brought the descendants of Israel up out of the land of the north and out of all the countries where he had banished them, then they will live in their own land. Now, this is interesting because it describes a revival in the diaspora, including a revival in the land of the north. And when Sandy and I were, were working in the former Soviet Union, we thought often about this passage because the Soviet Union is one of the places that the former Soviet Union now Russia, Ukraine, and other countries nearby, those are north of Israel. And the Lord is saying, I'm going to do a work, a messianic work of revival of the Jewish people in the diaspora, and then they'll live in their own land. Now, we love the fact that the state of Israel has been reestablished. That is important. It's historically important. It's spiritually important. Israel is the homeland for the Jews, and it is a place of safety. It's not just the holy land of long ago, but it is our homeland. It's a place of importance and significance. And it also has significance as well. As, as God completes his work throughout the world, and as he reaches nations all over the world, and as he revives the Jewish people too, there is yet more revival that's going to touch the land of Israel. And this is speaking about it, when there will be a time when the reference won't be to the regathering out of Egypt at Passover, but it'll be to the great, the great revival of the Jewish people and the bringing of the Jewish people from all the lands where the Jewish people had been exiled.
I want to share with you also one more thought. It's about another kind of Lord's Supper. I use that term carefully, a kind of banquet that the Lord plans for us. It's mentioned in Isaiah 25, verse 6. And this may be a passage that many of you are unfamiliar with. It's in the Bible. It's been there the whole time. But it says this, on this mountain, speaking about the mountain of the Lord, the Lord of hosts, this is the Lord who commands battalions. The Lord will prepare a banquet for all the peoples. The Lord will prepare a banquet, a feast of aged wine of choice meat, a finely aged wine. On this mountain, he will swallow up the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the Lord, the Lord has spoken. There's coming a time in the fullness of time when the Lord has returned, when, when we have entered into a whole new phase of existence, when the Lord is going to prepare a banquet for us. We're going to be sitting at his table yet again. We're going to be sitting at his table, and it's going to be a fine time. And it's going to be a time where the purposes of God are consummated, where the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb, accomplishes even more than he intends. Part of the Messianic mandate was to provide an atoning sacrifice. Part of the Messianic mandate was to redeem and to regather the Jewish people. And another part of the Messianic mandate is to bring an end to the reign of sorrow and the reign of shame and the reign of death that has been ruling over this earth. Revelation chapter 7 speaks of it. It says, for the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And then one last passage, Revelation 21, verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the former things have passed away. We're in the middle of a pandemic where millions Millions of people are being affected. We're in the middle of a pandemic where thousands upon thousands are dying. We are actually in the middle of death, moving globally in a very distinct way and sorrowful way throughout the earth. Many tears are being shed during this time. There's also the possibility that hundreds of millions of people who have been lifted up out of poverty over the last 30 years will find their economic situation returning back to their former poverty because of the distresses of the season. All the tears of this season are very real, and the Lord has compassion for us, but we're yearning for the day of the Lord. We're yearning for that time that this is speaking about, where all those tears are brought to an end. The end of death, the end of mourning, the end of crying, the end of pain, when the former things have passed away. That's why it's important to remember. Remember the past because it connects us in the present with what God has done. Remember because it connects our present not only to the past, but to the future and what God will do. Remember because it connects our present and our future with eternity. All that God will do when this present age and this present world have come to a conclusion and passed away. 
There's great power in remembering. And that's why we're called to remember at Passover. And we're called to remember Yeshua at Passover too. Take this to heart, make it strong in your heart, and things will go really well with you. This is a wonderful time that we're together. And we're so thankful that we had the opportunity to be together. This time that we have really helps us be connected. And I'm especially grateful for everyone who continues faithfully to bring their tithes and their offerings to, to the synagogue, to Beth Israel, via our online giving portals. We've got Giving Fire and PayPal. Both of them have been working flawlessly. They have great security. We've never had a security issue with them. And they enable you to very easily, safely, and securely contribute online. We're also thankful for everyone who's using your bank pay services and the U.S. mails to send us checks. We're especially thankful for all those people who have had the, the habit, it's a great habit, of bringing your tithes and offerings to the sanctuary, to services during the time when we receive the tithes and offerings and bringing them there. And those of you who have adapted and you're using the mails or you using our online giving platforms, thank you so much for being flexible. Thank you for being committed we are able to be stable and we're able to pay all of our bills. We're able to meet all of our obligations. We have all the same expenses for keeping the building, even though we can't use it during these weeks, but we have the same expenses. And, and your stability, your commitment, your faithfulness provides stability to the congregation and enables us to not only continue wholeheartedly with what we're doing, but to expand. And that's why we're able to put more effort into reaching tens of thousands more people through Facebook Live, through Live From Home and the other means that we're developing. Thank you to everyone who is continuing to give. And for those of you who are saying right now, I wonder how I could give online, go to bethisraelnow.com slash giving, and there'll be a page there which will tell you how you can do that. Your faithful giving, your tithes and your offerings enables us to continue to serve together and to meet and to keep the community functioning and helping during this time. Well, we're going to wrap up this segment as we always do with the ironic benediction. And I want to invite Sandy to join with me for this. It's Sandy's custom whenever we're at synagogue together that she comes up on the bema and stands with me and we join together. It's really a beautiful time together. And we say the ironic benediction as a community. And after we have the ironic benediction, we are going to go back to Rabbi Yuri and Rabbi Sanina for a final worship song. So join me. Shalom. May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you. May he guard you and be a shield for you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Ah, thank you. That's fun. <laughs> so we can say Shabbat Shalom, and we can say Chag Pesach Sameach, and we're so glad you could be here with us. Stay tuned to the very next segment that comes up from the Korshen home. Thank you very much, Rabbi David. 
Let's close our service with this joyful song, Hinematova Manayim.